0: and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Deepika Rayquhar. She is a legal professional with 13 years of experience as an in-house counsel, contributing and leading to corporate legal teams of insurance and consumer good corporations. That's not why she's here. What she's here is to talk about her outside interests that she has as an entrepreneur at heart and has founded a social impact hand loom fashion brand and an online food delivery business. What we'll talk about today is Kalikari India, which is a social entrepreneurial venture founded in 2015 by a bunch of IIM graduates of 2007-2008. Kalikari or KI as they love to call it, helps the organization sector, weavers, and small-scale textile manufacturers who are primarily dealing in the handloom, handcraft, and textile space to globally position their products. KI empowers the weavers to focus on their craft and sell the same online under the larger brand of Kalakari India. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this fun conversation with Deepika Rayquhar. So today we're sitting down with Deepika Rayquhar. How are you today?
1: Hi, I'm good. How are you?
0: Doing great. We're relaxing here in the Working From space. Uh, the Huxin Hotel in downtown Chicago. Excited to talk today about your background.
1: Oh yes of course and it's a nice place. I'm coming to this place for the first time and you have got a great little office here. Yeah, it's
0: pretty bougie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So
0: tell us what you do in one to two sentences.
1: So Kalakari India is my company. We sell a handmade sustainable fabric straight from the weavers. That's all we do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Rupert has it you're a serial entrepreneur, mm-hmm. that's just one of the businesses you started and run plus everything else going on in your life. Let's start from the beginning of your journey. Tell us about your first venture, Be a Foodie.
1: Interesting question. Thank you very much for asking that. Um, I would not want to consider myself as a senior uh, serial entrepreneur or something. It's just that I found a gap in uh, way back in India in 2008. Mm-hmm probably the most horrible time to start a business. Sure. Um, and we um, uh, figured out that, you know, the online food delivery space lacked a lot of, uh, you know, touch points and where we could really, you know, provide certain solutions to have a centralized ordering system, an online ordering system, and we can have uh, a centralized uh, uh, food distribution network. Uh, where our partners would be various restaurants, uh, home chefs, etc., mm-hmm. and it was not literally like a cloud kitchen, but you know we had a very uh, different kind of a setup to you know um, do that business. Cool. But two thousand eight was uh, um, a very difficult story for us when we were growing uh, faster. Uh, but then the entire financial subprime crisis happened, we never got any finances, we never got support, and we very prematurely had to exit out of business. Okay. And there was also one more situation. Um, probably our idea was way ahead of the technology. The, uh, right now, the world, the way we look at it, everyone is on their mobile phone all the time, and handhelds, and you know every time, people are hooked onto the internet. That time in that particular geography, the internet services were not very strong. Okay. Perfect. And number two, uh, the idea of ordering online was not really making sense to many people. Okay, so deal, yeah. that was that was a challenge. But yeah, it was, it was a heartbreak, of course. Uh, every time you put in heart and soul to building a business mm-hmm. and um, you have to exit out of it, it's not a good deal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, know how it goes. So what did you learn from that, other than just kind of? being your first venture what were some of the lessons you took away from that
1: A lot actually mm-hmm. a lot So um you need to be uh, very cautious about what, what uh, about your exit plans because okay. you know, um, when we get into the business as an entrepreneur, right? nobody literally thinks about their exit plans. Mm-hmm. And um, That heartbreak happens when you don't have an exit plan, um, your struggle for the finances and keeping your company afloat uh, happens. So if you don't have really a good planning for how you want to fund a business, how you want to sustain a business. And what if uh, certain, you know, unexpected things hit you? How are you going to exit the business? If you don't really have a plan, then you're in soup. So my biggest learning was uh, plan ahead yeah. and be ready that you know, any any anything can happen. It's 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 a very dynamic and very vulnerable and very versatile market and you know your competition can hit you from anywhere legal situations can hit you or a bad financial time could hit you Mm -hmm. anything can happen so just be ready and don't be too fixated when the time comes you need to be able to take that call to gracefully exit from a business
0: it makes sense like in my day job right now i've kind of been with them through covid and things have been growing really fast oh well we just like doubled our best month ever and then like a month or two after that we went down to like our usual average I'm like why do you guys like not see this coming mm-hmm. <laughs> like just keep it your best month ever one time doesn't mean you're gonna do it every time forever especially when there's a lot of variable costs in there which are you no know, thanks to me but <laughs> 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 but it makes sense I think mean, a lot of people just like think ooh I wanted to start a business to work for myself mm-hmm. and then B like some stuff I've always run into all the time is like collecting money that people owe me like invoices or other things like that it's like you can't just because you're, you know, doing hundred dollars of revenue, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you take it home and spend it on your f- friends and family. Yeah, that's right. It goes towards a lot of other costs of the business. Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. And you know, there's also a part, uh, you know, there's always, always a situation when, um, so in certain geographies, the mm-hmm. taxation regimes change and they can hit you adversely, and your entire um, p and would start looking different if there are changes in the tax bracket or yeah. the way the government is going to tax you and stuff like that, right? So you need to be prepared for that. So you really need to keep checking on how things are going to impact your balance sheets. Mm-hmm. So that's also something which, uh, and, as an entrepreneur, you need to be very mindful of. So there could be various challenges, and you, know, you should be just ready for
0: them. Yeah, I think a lot of people start businesses, think like, "Oh, I'm really good at this one thing," mm-hmm. and then I've experienced a lot of people who like kind of outsource their accounting and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're trusting that person with your life. Like, there's a lot going on there. Like, you have to hope that they stay up to date on that, tell you what's going on, that you can understand the cash flow situations. Because, like, I mean, I don't think like COVID or like you know other crashes are gonna happen that often, but just small things happen, right? Like yep. something that comes up, like let's say one of your machines breaks. You had to pay 20 grand for that. Do you have 20 grand in the bank waiting for that? Or are people missing their paychecks this week?
1: (laughs) Yeah, but you know, uh, at least on the machine parts, I'm pretty covered because, you know, all my products and, Mm. you know, the entire 100% of the fashion line which we run, it's all handmade exotic fabrics. So, you know, (laughs) we are not dependent. (laughs) So, um, yeah, but you have gotten really a very legit point that, you know, um, there could be situations which might just come up
0: in front of you unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. So Simon, tell us more about Qatar India. So you started off with a conversation with that for a little bit, but explain kind of how that came to be and why you kind of decided to take a jump to start another business after exiting previously.
1: Uh, it wasn't that fast actually so it wasn't really that fast so 2008 and we kind of wound up the previous business in 2008 slash 9 in the beginning of 9 and I took I I gave myself a lot of time Mm -hmm. to cool down to understand and you know and then opportunities just happen to you right. when when you start seeing when you change your lenses to start solving for an industry problem or trying to you know gap fill something, you, opportunities just in fact come in front of you. And then I noticed this opportunity that you know right now the state of affairs in India, I would not uh, the viewers uh, there is a big time disadvantage because they all. Um, are very good with their native languages, may not be really proficient with online business and how to run with online business, how to market their products, Mm -hmm. and how to really take those those products, which are amazing products, um, to international markets. And, um, you know, what was actually missing? their language disadvantage and their language barrier
0: Interesting.
1: and i started this business as a social entrepreneurship and i said that okay fine so we started with you know interacting with a couple of uh, people honestly speaking only two families and you know we just said that okay i'm going to help actually the one guy and the, his family kind of got involved and the only conversation was I was having this conversation with one of... So I'll tell you a little story, so yeah. probably we'll take one uh, minute for that. So in India, there's a concept of potlivalas. Okay. And these potlivalas are basically door-to-door traveling salesmen. Makes sense. And they would carry every handmade um, you know, apparel they would make in their home. Okay. Um, and they would just sell it across the, uh, across the cities. Mm-hmm. And they would generally do... You know, some tra- short travel to some places and all that. And there was one guy who would, who used to visit my mom since ages. Mm-hmm. And one day I was just speaking to him, and I said that you know, why do you why you're getting old and you know you're still doing it? Why don't you sell it online? Mm-hmm. And he responded to me, that, you know, I, I I like the idea of selling online, but number one, I don't understand the language, mm-hmm. and number two, I don't know how to operate a laptop. Fair. And I was like, okay, is that it? That's a very tiny bit. I'll, I'll, I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. He's like, I have no nuisance ever now, so I'll do it for you. That's how my second business actually started. Crazy. And I understood that, you know, this entire game is big because he is just one guy, but there are thousands of weavers out there. They're losing the opportunity, and their traditional businesses are dying because they don't have access to more than uh, channels of sales and distribution. Mm. They don't know what is their product's worth. They don't know how to position it in the international market. They don't really know. what they're, They are absolutely fantastic and good with one thing. Mm. Making that art. And I said that, okay, perfectly fine. You don't really have to do that. Mm. Anything else. We'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. We started with one guy. Then there were... There was one family, the two family, and today uh, we source from more than 400 different, you know, uh, weavers and eight different uh, weaving clusters in India. It's a gorgeous business and everybody kind of has the same problem. Um, They cannot really diversify, they cannot use the technology, and they don't really know what's their product's worth and what should be the placement. So that's how the second business started. Super cool.
0: Mm-hmm. And so how does that work for them? They create their line that they've been doing and then they put it on to your website and then your team handles the rest or what's the flow?
1: So uh, there was a time, um, mm-hmm very like very primitive model of my business so uh, we have been into the business for more than six years now right. so you know once before, when we started they, they, whatever they made we would just put them online and we would sell them but then we realized that you know the market is changing and Fair. the landscape is changing and you know uh, probably they also need better insights they need better designers they are good with the art but mm-hmm. probably they're not good with the customization they don't understand one of the fashion trends and stuff like that oh, Right. Okay. so we kind of started gathering the insights, getting the insights for them. We started commanding the market, telling them what to make, what quantities to make, whether Europe would like a red or a green or Mm. a US would like a yellow or a blue. Those kinds of insights. And then um, we started asking them to, you know, uh, make certain things using their art form and supplying to us and then we would just position it. Um, We tied up with different marketplaces like Amazon and almost like six, seven others uh, which are in the Indian fashion, like um, in that geography, big market players. We started uh, selling online through the marketplaces, Mm -hmm. then we came up with our own exclusive portal. So you know, we started selling from there. We in, in no time we yeah, started having requests from all over the world so we started uh, shipping internationally uh, warehousing at different locations. We had bulk buyers in you know different continents and that's how you know it, one thing led to another it's just that you just have to be able to read the market and be able to move fast with it.
0: That so, makes sense to me like really allows them to focus on what to make and then you guys guide them Based on your intel yeah. to make things that are most profitable for them and for you.
1: Yeah. So, supply chain, marketing, finance, and everything else is something which is in house to my brand, which is Kalakari India. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll spell that for you K A L A K A R I, Kalakari, which literally means uh, the artisans or artworks from India. Oh, super cool. Yeah. So, um, all those, their core job is just to make what they're good with you know and these are like traditional families they have been making these art forms 600 700 years since 600 700 years and some art forms are as old as five thousand years mm-hmm. so these are and what i love to call them they are actually piece of heritage oh, yeah. so these are heritage fabrics you know and uh, the subcontinent is full of such kind of heritage fabrics mm-hmm. and you know so we try to kind of promote that while ke- keeping the art, culture, and uh, the natural techniques still alive, so that's that's what is the focus.
0: Awesome, and so another thing you're very passionate about in the fashion industry is sustainability. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Um, of course. So um what so the segment which i deal with is the sustainable fabrics okay right. so wh- which basically means so sustainability under the international standards are kind of you know whether it is using more water electricity what mm-hmm. kind of you know what kind of technique are um and, and the fabrics or the fashion is it using chemical uh, or color or what so 100 percent of my line is based on vegetable and organic colors oh, cool. okay. and we do um organic cottons vegan soap cruelty free soaps and you know those kind mm-hmm. of exotic fabric we make sure that you know whatever clothing so right now clothing industry or the fashion industry mm-hmm. contributes a lot to pollution oh yeah um, it's 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 a lot in terms of the, of the cloth wastage uh, it goes to landfills and stuff like that it uh, pollutes the water sources and all that but once you use all 100% biodegradable you know, components and dyes and natural dyes, mm. we make sure that you know, we do not pass on anything toxic back to the nature. We take from the nature in the <laughs> purest form, our fabrics are going to last you for generations to come. And these are all natural fabrics. So that's why um, I believe in sustainable fabrics and you know, sustainable fashion. I don't really have anything uh, against machine-made, mm-hmm. but the idea is um, it should not really contribute to uh, mindless sourcing and you know just cheap labor mm-hmm. where the artists or I mean the people who are actually making it are exploited. Right. So uh, not into that, and that's why my uh, brand is hundred percent organic, sustainable, and natural. Uh, fashion brand
0: and so what's kind of your opinion versus like um repurposing versus like sourcing sustainably
1: that's a good question mm-hmm. so both uh, in today's uh, you know sense and you know most of the designers um use it under the same umbrella of uh, sustainable you know mm-hmm. a lot of big brands also have uh, certain you know segments where they repurpose and still call it sustainable mm-hmm. Um, my personal opinion is the end goal should be uh, to to make sure that you know we are not contributing to pollution. Right, right. <laughs> that's the end goal. If repurposing brings that you know meets that objective, it's good. Mm-hmm. But it should not, in my understanding, should be you know it should be a fair contribution of you know fifty fifty or 40 or something mm-hmm. like that, where you're contributing from your repurposing more than. You know, just bulk buying and, you know, just you know, copy pasting your designs yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> so, mm, I mean, it's, it's it's a good term. The industry wants to move towards it. And I'm very supportive of it. Uh, repurposing is definitely sustainability. But then sustainability has a huge meaning to it, mm-hmm. which basically say means that source from the sustainable sources use... Lesser toxic dyes, or maybe just just don't use any toxic dyes. Mm-hmm. Don't be dependent on the chemicals. Don't add into any pollution. That should be the end goal. For me, the end goal is way more important.
0: I definitely agree. I think a lot of companies that have been more successful recently have good missions behind them, yes, opposed to just some flash of the pan cool idea. Mm-hmm. And like in the working the recruiting world, I think about that kind of stuff all the time. Like, I refuse to work with, like, clients that I don't stand behind, either people that work there or their mission or something like that. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, like, but this would pay so well. I'm like, cool. But, like, I have to sit there and, like, tell someone how great this opportunity is. And I don't even stand behind it. I've always, like, today I was talking to people. I'm like, yeah, the hiring manager he used to work for me. He designed my logo for my podcast. I'm on episode 180. Like, oh, you guys are friends. I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm working with him. Mm-hmm. I appreciate him. Mm-hmm. But, so, a a concept that's a little over my head, walk us through kind of your thoughts on the geographical indication, Fabrics, IP rights concept. Oh, that's a
1: very good question to, uh, you know, to to ask. And, you know, thanks for asking that question. So there is, um, so my day job Mm -hmm. is of a lawyer, um, and I'm I'm a lawyer, so I understood and, you know, worked in the space of intellectual property um, Mm -hmm. to a great bit. And under the international system of intellectual property Mm -hmm. there is a particular segment of intellectual property which which is geographical indication and what exactly the geographical indication is a thing can actually grow or come from particular geography. You cannot really replicate it from anywhere. You cannot really replicate it anywhere. So, um, let me think about an example. So, you know, certain silks from China, Mm -hmm. um, they are exotic silk. Uh, These are like some insect-based silks, okay? Uh, That insect cannot really be born or, you know, cannot grow or like anywhere else in this world. So that geography actually would produce that silk Mm -hmm. and you cannot really replicate it. Um, Same is the story with many kind of cottons, many kind of silks, many kind of weaving designs, many kind of patterns, Mm -hmm. many kind of artworks, handy blocks, you know, hand block printing, which you cannot really do anywhere else. My favorite example of a geographical identification thing is your tea, you know, so some kind of tea. So there is a particular tea called Darjeeling tea, um, which cannot be grown anywhere else in the world. It's just grown in in a small city called Darjeeling in India. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly why the price tag is. That's what (laughs) it it, it is the the ultimate selling price, like USP, and the ultimate selling point Mm -hmm. for it. So there are fabrics. There are art patterns and designs which are very, very um, kind of inherent or kind of, um, um, I'm, I'm, for the lack of a better word, are very, very original to certain geographies in India mm-hmm. and the subcontinent, I would say it. so they cannot be replicated anywhere else. So we source, um, and we do geographical indication fabrics, which actually makes the brand appeal go to the next level because that's how we are premiumizing our products. Right. Um, when I say that I mean business, I mean sustainability and I mean exclusivity, Mm -hmm. that's how exclusive I'm, I'm I'm willing to go.
0: Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. And so then when people are purchasing these products, they are well aware that it's priced and source this way specifically and that's kind of like why they're purchasing or fantastic is it
1: fantastic question yeah. Yeah. so um you know fashion is a very fast moving thing yeah. and you know the awareness about fashion and the brand story is something which is very very difficult right mm-hmm. so the, the the customer awareness is the toughest thing to do today so when we tell our story and Thank you very much for having on this podcast because you know that's what exactly we are doing right now. We are educating the people that you know how niche these things are and why um, when you're owning a piece of you know fabric heritage how exclusive it is. Mm-hmm. But customers generally, you know, if they know it, they know it. If they don't, you have to really educate it, like educate them, and you have to really tell your story. It takes a long time. Mm-hmm. N- but then the people who know it, they come asking for it. Right. Yeah.
0: That makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's let's take a step back. With your day job as a lawyer, your business overseas, mm-hmm. how do you balance that plus family plus fun? We had, we met in a social scene.
1: We had awesome time. <laughs> oh yeah! So and in fact, for for the listeners, we met in a social scene, and that was fun. <laughs> of course, right? yeah, I do miss that time, but yeah. So the idea is very simple. You know, you have to be very very regimented and disciplined about mm-hmm. what you do. Uh, you have to think sharp. And my favorite quote is you cannot really be successful if you're trying to get the success all by yourself. Sure. You need to delegate. You need to have the right people. You need to have the right organization. And you need to, uh, you know, let it... You cannot be control-free, you know. You need to be at the right time, right place, managing all the things. Mm-hmm. But your discipline-regimented schedule is going to really reap you a lot of benefits. And you should be able to kind of switch the hats for me what really works is switching the hats pretty frequently okay. so when I'm, I'm I'm on my day job I'm probably a hundred percent lawyer maybe a thousand percent lawyer yeah. but when I'm an entrepreneur um, and when so my angle I can't really take away the lawyer from my, from my personality but of course I'd have to keep reminding myself that you know this is not a legal uh, you know situation mm-hmm. this is a business situation and I have to think differently and Makes you've got to be very flexible yeah um, and my, I have got a fantastic team back in India they are amazing people we're just like a small family and we have a lot of fun and uh, on the third aspect of it family is always going to be there to support you and uh, it, that's that's exactly why family is there yeah. they understand uh, what you're going through and I'm so glad and thankful that my family always supported me and they understand that you know, um, if I have a little... Uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm, you know, missing from some situations, mm-hmm. they know what's there. I, I've got a valid reason. And my friends, they're very important to me. The social scene is something which is actually going to uh, re-energize you. Mm-hmm. so i would probably never cut i'll cut on my sleep i'll cut on different things but i'll and i'll and one more thing as a part of discipline you sh- you got to cut your screen time you oh, yeah. don't don't waste a lot of time <laughs> on social media don't do that <laughs> if you can do that i think yeah you're i think you should be sorted i
0: think it's really important to like have good uh communication with family and then have friends who respect it mm-hmm. like i have a, I've, I've started, like, some businesses that were mildly successful, like, whatever, like, selling candy when I was, like, whatever. Kind of, those kind of businesses, like, very much on the side. Mm-hmm. And you're, like, oh, why can't you come to the party on Saturday? We're, like, doing this and this. I'm, like, I'm working my business. Like, oh, don't worry about that. You're not making any money. I'm, like, it's just the wrong kind of person to have in my life, right? Mm-hmm. I want someone like, oh, you're skipping out on this to go focus on doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, being supportive of it just has everything to do with it. Just having the right people in your corner.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, that's right. I mean, having the right set of people actually makes a huge difference. And as you said, communication is the key. You know, just just talk to people. If you're stuck, just talk, just ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just gotta talk to people, you know, and and, and things kind of, you know, things get figured out.
0: Well What are sort of tips do you have for someone wanting to start in the fashion industry as an entrepreneur, either design, running a boutique, et cetera, just something to get out there. Any tips for them?
1: Mm-hmm good question again so you know while i can only speak from my experiences i really do not know what kind of challenges people would face you know but be aware of uh, be aware of you know what you're going to do and be good at you don't need to be good at thousand things you just have to be good at one thing and you know always ask for help if you're stuck don't internalize the thing uh, thing and a problem always discuss go out sometimes i started with one idea and i actually got back home with 10 more mm-hmm. when i talked to people so if you are wanting to start do your thorough research and talk to people whatever whatever and whatever you're good at um awesome be at it mm-hmm. uh, never have self doubts. if you have not started how would you know you're going to succeed or not so don't overthink just do it but have an exit plan. <laughs> i think a lot of people
0: think that they don't want to do things they're not great at uh-huh. it so prime example i went to a korean filipino wedding this weekend uh-huh. and my friend um you met her uh, she recommended to the dj that i sing a song uh-huh. but it was a mandarin so i white male singer a female <laughs> mandarin love song at a Filipino korean wedding and I guess I didn't do well. All my friends, like, for some reason, you were off or whatever. I'm like, um, A, it's like karaoke style, so it's not like the real song. B, I'm performing from 300 people on a 30-second heads-up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I, I think I, that was having a lot of fun, for
0: sure. My point was, so like, people tell me all the time, like, I'm not going to karaoke or whatever. But I have fun. Mm-hmm. And with my friends. Like, like, you don't have to be the best person at something to do it. You just have to have like the good support and like the drive to want to do it, mm-hmm. and then you can succeed. I'm sick. Like, things happen, but
1: yeah, things do. Yep, yeah. but at least I mean I have always believed in at least having one niche. Uh, you know, instead of you know thinking about so when I in during my business. Um, I knew that probably I may not be the right person to take care of all the finances, mm-hmm. um, so I would need an expert to sit on uh, my side, and I actually found one. Right. Um, I was probably good with the the supply chain management. Mm-hmm. I was okay with the marketing, but you know then I needed help, so I never hesitated to ask for help. And when you know the pieces fall in together. Um it's it's a beautiful picture. So th- I, I, I believe in that. <laughs> so so far so good, that's been working out for me. Let's see what future holds.
0: Awesome. <laughs> so what else do you like to leave our listeners with before we sign off?
1: We are a very small business. Uh, We are trying to do things. Our focus is to create opportunities for viewers and to preserve the traditional art. We don't want um, the traditional channels of distribution to just uh, be lost in the online e-commerce space. That's what we do. We are making a huge impact for the life and in the life of uh, a lot of viewers and families. So please read up on uh, you know, sustainable fashion, uh, geographical indication. Uh, it's, it's actually going to support a lot of them because we discussed already that, uh, you know, uh, the consumer awareness in this space is kind of very bleak. And of course, go and buy from us. <laughs> <laughs> so you can actually find us on Etsy. Uh, we've just uh, you know, started a small Etsy shop for the US facing market. Um, so the shop is called Kalagari India US and it's spelled as K-A-L-A K-A-R-I I-N-D-I-A India and U-S U and S so Kalagari India US is uh, the Etsy shop you can find beautiful scarves Uh, you can see one which I'm wearing (laughs) right now and um, you can also find 100% organic uh, masks so yeah masks are, are a thing unfortunately but yes they are important so go by go it do. supports a family
0: awesome yeah
1: so thank you very much for this opportunity and i i know that this podcast has been your passion mm-hmm. and i want to you know see you going all over the place with this and we growing going together with yeah. this i really had a lot of fun and yeah jp you're the man. episode
0: 181 so it's been a good couple of years i think it's coming on seven years soon so it's been a wild ride.
1: Congratulations. Cool we we on got one. to do a party for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for having me here. It's a great honor and privilege to you know, meet you and have this chit-chat.
0: Thank you, JP. Well, so this was a, a super fun conversation. I knew when I met uh, Deepika at a, a social event that uh, we would uh, get along very well. I really like talking to intelligent people who have awesome passions in life that inform me more about things that I don't know about. I am um, obviously a part of the fashion industry here in Chicago, working with Chicago Fashion Week, et cetera, and running this podcast for the last couple of years, but just learning about sustainability in the fashion industry, uh, the different repurposability versus sourcing sustainably, and just really cool uh, like geographical um, IP rights and concepts that was really interesting to me and something I've never really thought about before. I think there's so many different ways you can kind of look at fashion and kind of go about things. I think it was really cool kind of what and her team are doing, helping people kind of run their own business, giving them support, and giving them access to sell their goods all across the world. I actually started looking around the website already, haven't decided what I want to get, but there's quite a few awesome things, scarves for some ladies in my life, maybe a mask or two for me, maybe a cool scarf for myself, who knows? But I would definitely recommend checking out their uh, website, CalicariIndia.com, and I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode. This episode is sponsored by Stock Manufacturing, a top workwear creator for premium hospitality brands. What started as men's fashion brand gradually migrated to designing and manufacturing custom workwear. Staff would feel proud to be seen in. What makes a memorable meal? The perfect staff. What makes people coming back? You ask. It's never just a single element. It's every thoughtful detail working in harmony to leave a lasting impression. Stock manufacturing partners with establishments of all sizes to create custom uniforms from front to the back of the house. With roots in fashion and design and nearly a decade of manufacturing, they have built a reputation as the outfitter of choice for exciting names in the hospitality industry, including Alinia which is the only restaurant in Chicago currently awarded three stars from the Michelin guide. From a three hundred room hotel to a three seat cafe, no project is too big or too small. If you use the code FFF20, which is short for Triple F 20 you get 20% off your first order from their website, which is stockmfgco.com. That's S-T-O-C-K-M-F-G-C-O.com. Or just type in stock manufacturing in your Google Chrome extension for the 20% off discount, which is FFF20 at checkout. If you haven't already, Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. (laughs)